Sorry about that, folks. Had to send out some invites real quick. Mac, Trav, what's going on with you? I think G's going to be joining us in a second here. I just updated my locker room app, and this is, like, very, very dope. I'm loving these updates right now. That's what I'm saying. I was like, damn, who's that ugly-ass dude that's up there? But that would be me. I'm just glad my profile pick finally changed. I lost a bet, actually. <laughs> That's a great way to start this off. I lost a bet with Saul on that Lakers game, and I had to have Tyler Hero as my picture. And then when it was time to change back my picture, it wouldn't change back. So it was like the bet that never ends. But I was finally able to change it. Let's see, we got G in here. Let me get him up here right quick. Oh, shit. Carter. Whoa, Greg, coming in with the energy. I love it. I'm, I've decided this is like the most positive I'm ever going to be from a gambling perspective headed into this week. I'm refreshed. I don't know if you told the people I'm off a seven day sabbatical um, and I, I feel good. There's no chance I don't win this week part. Right. And, a, and, and a hard sabbatical, I might add, folks. I, I changed the password on Greg. He asked me for it. I said no. He is, I mean, he is completely seven days bet free, ready to go. I mean, this is why we've we've structured it the way we do, Cart. Like we know what's best for each other in the end. Like I trust you more than I trust myself. And uh that's really what it came down to last week when yeah, maybe I hit you up for the password. Maybe you knew I was in a dark place and you held me off. And now we're back and we're doing a podcast about it. So that's uh, right. I couldn't be more positive. It's positive energy this week. That's right. And I love that. And that is a great segue. Also, I want to shout out our sponsors. Uh, and that's the 1-800-GAMBLING hotline. Though we do endorse gambling and love gambling on this room, there is a point where it, be- it can become an issue. And if it is an issue, you can reach out to 1-800-GAMBLING and, you know, fix that problem. Or you can hit us up and we can help you out, too. Car will always change the password so that you can't bet anymore. So just ask him. Gotcha. All right, G, but if we got to start the week off right, then you got to have some winners for us. So what are we feeling this week? Talk to me. Well, there's, I mean, college football, Big Ten football's back. I feel like I, I mean, we've also not done this show in a couple weeks, so we really have a lot of different ways we could go with this. Uh, before we get too far into it, I do want to say we typically have the Siege picks guys on, and based on their DM to me right now, they're having some password issues with their locker room account. So I don't know that we're going to get Siege. Typically we do. Hopefully we do. Um, but that said, might just be the two of us and our lovely listeners, Cart. So uh, from a starting point, why don't we go? Do you want to talk football first? We got a big Monday night game tonight. I would love to talk football. Um, and with tonight's game, it was one where I saw myself, G. I was going back and forth. Um Honestly, a couple times. Um, both these teams have what I what they've shown to be very strong defenses. Uh, so, of course, the under was very enticing. Uh, but also as well, I just, you know, the Rams started off really well, and I was very high on them to start this year. But the fact that they're six-and-a-half-point favorites seemed like a lot to me. When the, it gave me that initial shock value. Um, so, but at the same time, you know, a team with Nick Foles under center is just – it's just absolutely terrifying. It's almost as terrifying as having Mr. Trubisky under center. So 
it's a thing. It's a case where I actually dipped into your teaser bag, and I went with a two, and I went with a two-team teaser for tonight that is currently riding, and we got the Bears at plus twelve and a half. Didn't really love the twelve and a half, but it is a lot. You know, we do like this. It's, it's what I, I can see a football number type thing coming back to bite me, and I'm winning by thirteen. But I love that num. I love that number at twelve and a half, and then I got the under at fifty one. Um, like I said, two strong defenses. I mean, you got two of the best, you know, defense alignment in football in my eyes, um, and maybe the best player in football in my eyes, and Aaron Donald. And then you have Khalil Mack on the other side. And if you guys have watched, you know, Aaron Donald play not just those past games, but games against the Bears, it, he's an absolute monster. And the Bears are, and the Bears are missing a lot of their starting linemen. I know their starting center last week uh, went out for the year and got or not the year, but got put on IR. So he's set to miss the next couple games. So a backup center against Aaron Donald is that's going to be bad, bad news. Um, so, you know, I'm hoping for a defensive stall worth. I got it at under 51 and then hoping the bears keep it close. And I'm feeling pretty confident about it. I, I like those plays in general. You nailed my comment on the football number. 12 and a half scares me just out of principle, no matter who the yep. teams are. Um, mm-hmm. I, I want to get that number to 13 and a half at a minimum would really love to get it to 14 and a half, but I I'm on the same page with you from a play perspective. I also, the only thing I've gone on tonight is a little bit of an open teaser, my classic three team special teaser where you get uh, an extra 10 points per team. So I've got the bears up to 16 and a half. I share your sentiment that I think this will be a close game. Um, I'm actually spinning this to over 34. Ooh. So I, I do think this game, if I had to pick a side on the regular over under, I think it goes under, but anytime you can throw a number down to like the low thirties in a professional football game, I like the over out of principle. Like we need five scores to get this to 35, both defenses are so strong and both offenses, well, at least the Bears offense can be so abysmal at times. I wouldn't be surprised to see like a special teams or a defensive score tonight. Um, and I, I think this ends up like in the 20s one way or another. And 34 is just such a low number. I'm going to take it off principle. So those are my two in the teaser. And then I'm actually leaving one open is the way this play is going to work and hopefully add something later in the week or maybe even next weekend on the Sunday football slate. Okay, I like it. But, you know, if my memory serves me correct, the Rams were in a absolute dogfight with um who was it? The, I'm sorry, the Giants. And that game ended about 13 to 6. So, if there's a team that could go under 30, it might be this team. You're right. My counterpoint to that would be the Giants are the Giants. And the Giants are not in this game. We've got, I mean, this this is two good football teams, right? Like, I don't think we're going to see this slog of a game everyone expects. Like, yes, the defenses are good. But these are two teams I fully expect to be in the playoffs. I expect, like, are, 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 are the Rams really good or are they fake good? I think the Rams are good. I'm not I, saying I, really good, but you know, definitely I, not be, fake good. Because I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if it was people talking me out of it or maybe me looking at the actual schedule of their wins and kind of downplaying wins, which as a Lions fan, I shouldn't downplay a goddamn thing because a win's a win. Shout out to Victory Monday. Shout out Hawk. 
Shout out Matt Stafford. That's my quarterback. But what I will say is, um, I, I mean, the Rams haven't really beat anybody, to be honest. They had a very weak schedule. They're um, they're coming off getting their ass whooped by undermanned 49ers team, which could fare well for them in this game. But, I mean, they looked bad last week, I will say that. And, you know, they look shaky against some other teams as well. So it's it's a situation where I, this game might be a lot to show us, if the you know, are the Rams, like, lying to us or are they actually, you know, somewhat what you would call good? So, so to your point, the Rams are 4-0 and against the NFC East. They beat the Redskins, the Giants, the Cowboys, the Eagles, um, just the worst division in football. They're 0-2 outside of that, but their 0-2 games are at the Bills and at the 49ers, both road games, and both of those were one-score games. So I, I think Buffalo's definitely good. I think the 49ers are very likely good. Um, and I, I just think the Rams are like a no question, no doubter playoff team. And with the bears at five and one, I agree with that. And 34 is so low. Like it, I I'm just out of principle. I'm going there. They, yes. It's a low scoring game. They're good defenses, but like, let's be competent football teams tonight and get in the end zone five times. <laughs> let's be confident. And just somehow that's all somewhere. we need. And that's all but, I need out of myself. Like I don't need a thousand dollar, like up 10 hundred units this week. I need a competent. Let's win the week. And that's what I'm expecting off on a good note from this Monday night football game. Love it. Deb, what's going on? Hey, how we doing? Good. Deb, I'm going to need you to change your profile picture. You know, just switch it up. <laughs> I mean, that's that's Captain Lawyer now. That we're talking about. I, that's what I'm saying. Put a little respect on Frosty's name. <laughs> that's my PG. Dev, over under 9.5 minutes per game for Foster Lawyer this season. Interesting. Um, over. That's a bubble team if I've ever seen one. <laughs> That's all I can say. I agree. You're a bubble team. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, this is not this is not a state slander room, but uh, Deb, we just got done talking about uh, some of our bets for uh, this Monday night game. Is there anything that you liked on it? Um. The Bears plus six or six and a half seems too easy, so I'll take the Rams. That's kind of how my brain works in the NFL. Hey, that and the, you know what, Dev? That's just the difference between you and me because I saw that six and a half and I was like, "Damn it, that's a that's a big, that's a fairly big number for a Rams team that I think is maybe might be fake good to me." For sure, they. I think I saw a stat where they're like three and zero against the NFC East and one and three or one and two against everyone else or something like that. But um, yeah, the Rams aren't great, but I think the Bears are the biggest frauds in football. So it's that simple. Wow, biggest frauds. That's that's a that's a, a pretty big statement, especially when some of the biggest frauds in football are playing their division in the Detroit Lions because Matt Patricia is a fraud and he will forever be a fraud. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, can we can we can we talk that in the Lions game real quick? Obviously, I never want to give Matt Patricia credit. But don't, great. I will boot you for them to execute the girly oh. touchdown. Are you not giving him credit on that? No, I'm not giving him credit on that at all. I'm giving. I mean, that, that was giving, an extremely well executed touchdown they gave up. <laughs> it, it, dude, it almost wasn't. He almost tackled him. I mean, he dragged him into the end zone, basically. 
in if you that the fat dude with the pencil in his ear gets absolutely no affection. Not well, so, okay. Talk talk me through this cart because I I've been with you when we're one and three. I'm like, let's just do everything we can to be as bad as possible so this man is fired before next Sunday. That was my outlook. Now we're three and three and potentially in a playoff race, and I don't know what to do with myself because I think I still honestly would rather have Matt Patricia be fired than I would this Lions team experience any sort of success this season and extend his tenure. But, like, we're on the verge. So, where, like, as a fan, where do we go? I just it, it always gets to this point and I do the same thing and then they're going to suck me in and they're going to absolutely just just kill me and break me down mentally and physically because it just takes such a toll on me like I can't do it I'm, I refuse to buy in I'd rather see them lose and Matt Patricia get fired because that dude is still a fraud. Yeah, but aren't we past that now though like he's not getting fired off two straight losses now if we go to three and five. I guess so, but like, what am I? What am I supposed to do? Embrace him? I, I'm not even <laughs> saying that, but like, have you? Okay, let's 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 put the hope into this. Have you seen the upcoming schedule? No, I actually haven't peeked at it. We got five games out of the next six against losing teams that will not. Win I, so basically, you want me to sip the Kool Aid? I don't, I don't want to sit the Kool-Aid. I think Matt Patricia sucks, but like in spite of that, we've somehow lucked into what should be a 4-2 and two start. If DeAndre Swift just holds on to that ball, like if we're 4-2, and two, aren't we like sipping the Kool-Aid? Yeah, I guess so. But at the same time, like basically the Falcons just out-Lions the Lions. Like it was just two teams who always collapsed, and the Falcons out-collapsed us. True. Basically, they literally win that game if they don't score right there, and they look they out collapsed us. True, and there's so, a history of Falcons Lions like comedy at the end of games. Right, exactly. So I'm good. I'm good on the buying into the Lions hype, but um, you know, if if you do, I support it. No, I I don't buy in. Clear distinction between buying in and rooting <laughs> for. Like I I'm not bought in, but I think I'm back after two weeks of like actively rooting against my own team. I'm back to hoping that we're four and three next week. Okay, all right. You know, I'll I'll accept that. Um, I do want to talk some college football since we got Devin here. And gee, I know you were uh, watching some college football this weekend as well. Um, watched our beloved Spartans. Lay a goddamn egg against Rutgers. <laughs> uh, it couldn't even cover for me in a in a teaser, and it was just it was embar- <laughs> it was embarrassing as hell. Um, and, yeah, I think and- my one text to you in the middle of my sabbatical about betting was uh, just please promise me that you'll tease MSU to money line against Rutgers with Minnesota to plus thirteen against Michigan, and and, and- you know I did <laughs> and I did it and it and it failed. Don't listen to me, dude. I mean, I you know what my last couple of weeks have been, but we couldn't have actually seen MSU losing to Rutgers by double digits at home coming. We could have seen like rough start. I told people I was scared of the Rutgers game one just because like it's a lose lose no matter what. But this was like the the absolute worst performance you could expect. Seven turnovers. Um, so I guess I mean that leads us into rivalry week cart for for those of us listeners that may be uh in michigan friends and family that we know isn't the opening line like 25 right now michigan yep and it, and it's time to talk about it g because you told me you texted me this i woke up to a text from you this morning 
saying, I'm going to bet, I'm going to, I'm going to throw one bet this week and it's going to be Michigan, whatever that number is. And I, I'm, gee, this goes against your betting morals that you told me. You told me in rivalry games, spreads like this should not, should not exist. In, I did. By, by your rules, you should take Michigan State plus 25. I did. It's part of the Bible. In rivalry games, you throw the spreads, you throw the stats, you throw the talent out the window. But I guess mentally right now, I don't even know that Mel Tucker knows this is a rivalry game. I know that's as stupid as you can be, but like this dude's fresh off the plane talking about ball security's job security with seven turnovers in week one against Rutgers. Like, I, are we are we sure that he's confident enough to know that the Michigan game matters the way that Jim Harbaugh and all of those guys do? I believe I, don't he's know. Com- I, I believe he's confident enough. And also, you know, though that Rutgers game did suck and all that, I mean, seven turnovers. I mean, seven turnovers, two turnovers on downs. And, you know, we are still somewhat in the game. I can't believe that's how bad Rutgers is. And stop, I, stop and ask yourself how low you're stooping right now to say we were somewhat oh, oh, in the game. Oh, against oh, 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 I'm, oh, I'm stooping unbelievably low and I, I don't care. All I'm saying is at plus 25, like I'm taking, I'm taking state. Okay. So, but flip side, this Michigan looked really damn good against Minnesota. Like no bullshit. I know people fall for this shit every year. Like, Oh, the hype, the the November Heisman, who is it? Like, there's none of that this year. Joe Milton's not a Heisman contender. Michigan's not going to be a playoff contender, but they did just beat Minnesota by about three scores on the road. That was impressive. I will give you that. That was very impressive. But, you know, I'm still siding with the fact that it's it's a rivalry game. Um, You know, that and in and, and, and these rivalry games, when's the last time there was actually a blowout? In one of these Michigan Michigan State games. Now, I granted, there was. Did Michigan win by 18 last year? Or so more? I don't remember no, what Michigan, it ended up being, but. Michigan won by like 30 something last year. It wasn't like 42 to 7. Okay, well, that goes out the window then. But <laughs> that, I, I guess I tried to put that one in the back of my mind and not think about it. I, I mean, Michigan by so let's, I, 25 let's seems too big card. for me, man. Throw to the expert. Dev, what's your read on this? I know you guys got metrics on this stuff. You you have reasoning behind your picks when it comes to college football. You've made me legitimately a lot of wins this year that I've wasted when I bet off of following your picks. So what like where's the value in this Michigan Michigan State game? Well, it opened up a little bit lower than I thought, to be honest. I was thinking Michigan would be right about 27 and a half. They'd give you that hook as the teaser. And I think it's going to end around there, to be honest. Michigan is the play 100%. Michigan State, if they didn't have Michigan State on the front of their jerseys and they had Rutgers, this line would be 40. And Michigan State is the new Rutgers this year. They're that bad, obviously. And um, they, I don't think there's one player on Michigan State that would start for Michigan. Maybe Antoine Simmons. Maybe. And I think that's it. So Michigan's better at every single position, and Michigan State's offensive line is an absolute joke. They wouldn't even be a good O-line in the GLIAC Division II. I, I just I know I'm overreacting, and I'm a State fan, so I'm, I'm betting with my, with my heart here. But I don't know. Michigan State is just 
probably the worst Michigan State team I've ever seen in 20 years of watching them. And their brand is still stronger to the public, but it should not be. You take Michigan here. Don't overthink it. It's that simple. Yeah, I feel like this is one of those games to me where 24 and a half or 25, whatever it's at now, feels like a ton when you're betting it. But then you get midway through the first quarter and Michigan marches down. They're up 7-0. They get some sort of turnover. It's a quick like 10-0, 14-0 game. And you're looking at the clock like there's so much time left. I'm not feeling good if I'm laying the or if I've if I've got MSU plus twenty something once it's already fourteen nothing. So I, I don't know. I agree with Dev. I will be shocked if this doesn't jump up to like twenty seven and a half at the lowest by the end of game time. Um, which is why card I texted you this morning saying like I'm this is my bet for the week. I'm jumping on it. I'm I'm just gonna stay away then. But also I didn't hear one lie out of Dev. That literally was the worst shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it was that was pretty bad, dude. And I like I can't watch. Honestly, I don't even want to watch another Saturday of Rocky Lombardi leading my football team. Do you really put it all on Rocky, though? I saw a lot of people tweeting about that. Like, uh, I mean, no, I, it's not all on him, but like, I, I, there's, I mean, there's a lot of blame to go around. There were some drops as well. Um, I mean, it was just terrible through and through. No one played. No one played well. No one coached well. No one did anything, anything. I well. actually thought Rocky was solid. Like I know no one, you're what? Right, no one doing anything good. But like I, I did not think Rocky was really at all part of the problem. Talking about I'm at the floor. He no, part, am I wrong, Dev? Bro, some of them interceptions were god awful. Am I reading that wrong, Dev? No, I, I get what you're saying, Greg. But the thing is. Yeah, a couple were, you know, misreads by the receiver. They weren't on the same page or, you know, a couple fumbles here and there. But I don't know. The way he throws, he just – it looks like he shot puts it. He he kind of has a strong arm, but he just – every time he throws, I hold my breath, and that's never a good thing. And It looks like, it looks like a dweeb, too. Like, yeah, that, too. Don't get me started on that. But uh, I just feel like – he doesn't go through his progressions at all. He locks on to one receiver. Mission's going to play man. They don't have the receivers to get off and make plays. This is this could just get ugly real quick. Uh, we got Drake in the room. Drake, I believe, unless I'm totally wrong. You're you're a Michigan fan, correct? I mean, so so I I hate Michigan State basketball. I do not hate Michigan State football. Um, but I do have to say the gall of Mark D'Antonio to show up to that game and watch <laughs> Mel Tucker lose to Rutgers with the trash program that he left. I like was in shock that he was there. So I feel like the correct take is the take you just had Drake, but my impassioned take is that I spins on that and say that even if Mark D'Antonio had the current roster, he finds a way to beat Rutgers. Bro, they were trash the last couple of years. I mean, they weren't lose to Rutgers by eleven at home. But, but this is not this is not your your grandparents' Rutgers. Like this is this is a different Rutgers. They have a competent head coach. They took a bunch of transfers in. Like, a bunch. Right, they're not trash. Like I know well, it's easy we'll for see. Michigan. We'll see at the end of the year. I hear you. I hear you, Greg. I still think Rutgers, and I said it before the year. 
I think they're going to win three football games this year, which three and five or whatever, three and six, like for Rutgers, I think that's a huge step forward, but I do not think they are trash. Like they got competent quarterback play. They like dominated the trenches against Michigan state. Um, Like I don't want to just overreact and say like Michigan state's completely terrible. Like the, the sky is falling. And that's actually why I think, it's crazy to say, but I don't think you bet Michigan, Michigan State pregame. I think you look for a live line either way. Interesting. So I, I actually think that if Rutgers was not trash, like you say they are, that they win that game by three scores going away. Like they did about everything they could do to keep that awful Michigan State performance in the game until midway through the fourth when it became clear that like MSU just cannot go out and grab any sort of foothold they possibly have. So I don't know. I, I guess I hear what you're saying. You said like this is not your grandmother's Rutgers. My response to that would be, well, this is definitely not Mark D'Antonio's Michigan State team anymore. Like but, but people, like, people want to shit on Mark for the last couple of years. They had like they were seven and five last year. Like that's a winning record. We're not going to see that for two or three years now. You don't think we're going to see a winning record for two or three years? You're not seeing it this year, and I don't think yeah, you're seeing it next year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, like, again, this is a guy, Mel Tucker, who went five and seven at Colorado, you guys, and bounced after he even got his first recruiting class in the door. Oh, I've been all over Mel Tucker cannot coach. Like, what he did with LaVishka Chenault last year was, like, atrocious. and was terrible. A, was a sign of what was to come. So, I think the, honestly, like, from a Michigan State standpoint, like, realistic expectations are, Mel's probably not going to work out at Michigan State. But ideally, the next person that comes in has a talented roster that they can actually build into a winner. But the chances of Mel, like, getting a winning team in year three, I just – it doesn't look that realistic. Yeah, I'm with you, Drake. I I feel like when I was watching him on Saturday, for the first time, I thought Mel Tucker is our Brady Hoke. Because every time they showed him on the sidelines, even if it was after a good play or a fumble, he was just clapping. Except he had a headset on, unlike Brady Hoke. But he would just clap and clap and clap, even when things went wrong. And it just drives me crazy. And But I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. I, I really don't. Um, at with, with Hoke, at least you could say he was recruiting well. He was kind of building a culture that Rich Rod didn't really have with the program. And then Harbaugh takes over. And in year two, Harbaugh's got him a play away from the playoff. So it, ideally, if Mel can recruit himself a quarterback, um, you know, start to like build this team up. And, and the hardest part about college football, and it's why Michigan State was so successful under Mark D'Antonio, is the offensive line, you need to have like fourth and fifth year guys that are like 22 and 23 year old men. And when you are plugging and playing, you know, freshmen and sophomore and juniors that aren't that good, into the lineup and just shuffling and shuffling, you get no chemistry. And to be frank, like you get dominated in the trenches against Rutgers. Like Mike Dwumfor, who was like a Michigan afterthought, transfers into Rutgers and is dominating the trenches on Saturday. Like that can't happen. Yeah, first I agree with that 100% um, with the linemen especially. But the, th- the difference, the big difference is if Mel Tucker goes – seven and five and eight and four Michigan state fans will probably accept that with the occasional 
nine and three, 10 and two year once every five, six years. That's kind of what they've always been. D'Antonio just took them to new heights that is just really hard to reach if you're Michigan State because you're fighting for recruits with Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Michigan in your backyard, and it's just not feasible. You're always going to be the fourth fiddle recruiting-wise and fan base-wise, money-wise, everything. Geographically, they're just – they're kind of in a bind. So I'll – I I don't want to spend too much time on this Michigan State thing because we could do a full room on it, but I it reminds me a lot the way fans sort of turned on Mark D'Antonio near the end of his tenure with what Michigan fans did with Lloyd Carr, and obviously Lloyd Carr never went three and nine, but like by the end of his tenure, it was this is not the level we need, even though it was a New Year's Day bowl game year in year out, and it set the program behind for a decade, and they got bailed out when a, a an alumni came back in Jim Harbaugh. And even though he's a jackass and hasn't been winning, like it put them a little bit back towards relevance. And I don't know what that looks like for Michigan state, but I think that's the process we're about to see over the next 10 years. Yeah. I I agree. Like let's not spend too much more time on it, but the, the loss to Illinois was so embarrassing last year. Like the way it happened, everything about it. Um, They just, there's, there was no juice in the program left. That's fair. Like yeah, the the ending depths of the D'Antonio area were definitely worse than the car. Era. There was a video on Twitter I remember after that game of like the team walking off the field, and obviously it's very hard to put yourself in a, a non-COVID environment at this point. But like watching that video, like the program was done, like it was done, it needed a change, and I think they're gonna regret not hiring Fickle more than. Um, firing D'Antonio. Like, I, I think Luke Fickle was literally an A-plus hire for Michigan State, and I think they botched it. I, I just hope State fans weren't saying to themselves after that Illinois loss, man, it can't get worse yeah, than right. this. Because <laughs> it can get worse. Yeah, yeah well, I did say that. And it did. But anyways, G, uh, I do want to talk. I'm not, I'm not sure if Keaton's still here, but I do want to touch on the World Series a little bit. Um, I have been, you know, as you know, been riding the Rays um, all World Series because I've just been told that by my, you know, my baseball peers. Um, is there any skin in the game from what you've seen and maybe thinking that the Rays could come back and, you know, win this? So get Keaton up here if he's willing to talk. He just said he's still here in the comments. Yes, sir. But, Keaton, I'm uh, about to invite you over if you can speak. What's awesome. up? What's up? What's up? What up, Keaton? What's good? So, first of all, I feel like we should just throw to you, like, off of how crazy that game four finish was. And oh, my God. Five thoughts. Like, how great is baseball right now? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it hasn't not been great. I'm just glad you guys are all seeing it now. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, one of the, that's one of the greatest moments in World Series history, and it wasn't even an elimination game. Um, you know, it's, it's something that, that the seeds to that moment were, were planted. Uh, might have lost him. Super important play defensively last night in the eighth inning. You know, he did not – he got scratched defensively, so he got put in at the DH role. That put Chris Taylor, who was playing out of position in center field, in position to boot that ball. He ends up making good throw to Max Munda. Send a, a Rosarena home was super aggressive. The throw was fine, but it did appear to get slightly manipulated because a Rosarena fell down. He doesn't fall down there. Like, you could see – Max Muncy turn 
and look at a Rosarena, and you could see it impact his uh, his fundamentals trying to make that throw. And then Will Smith, not knowing he didn't, he had fallen down, so he was trying to make a quick slight tag. And Rosarena comes in to score, and Kenley Jansen looks bad because he wasn't backing up the play, even though it wouldn't have actually mattered because he would have been on the third base side, not the first base side. And then to book bookend it, you come right back the next day and the Dodgers score two runs in the first inning yesterday and they're able to go on and win. I mean, just the whole arc of the whole situation was wild. And on top of that, Brett Phillips is a guy who who hadn't even had uh, had a hit or had an at-bat. He didn't even have an at-bat in 17 days and he comes up with a game winner. Yeah, it's like, I feel like the last two days of baseball have been almost like poetic, like it was scripted <laughs> in a way before with how it played out. And yeah. I, in a weird way, I'm happy we get a night off just to take a deep breath because I was more into into game five last night than I've been to a baseball game in years just off of and, how wired I was off of the game four finish. And yesterday, you know, I compared it to our post-game show last night on this app. Um, like, we were talking about it like it was a fine glass of wine last night, you know? Like, yeah. like that was a three-star Michelin restaurant dining experience. Like, it was just nuanced and detailed and filled with drama, and it just continued to build. And it had, like, like if you were just a casual baseball fan, you enjoyed it. And if you were a diehard, like, there were so many layers of things going on last night. I mean, yeah, the, the World Series right now is just incredible. As a casual fan, like you said, I was, like, really tripping over the fact last night that dudes actually, like, tried to steal home in, a, like, a real <laughs> baseball game. Like, that's some stuff that I would do on, like, MLB The Show or something. Oh, yeah. Or, or like video game. But this dude really tried to steal home in a and World Series game. I, I was watching it just in amazement. It was a great play. like it, And it was something that you're glad happened. It was the right decision by Manuel Margot to do that in that moment, right? There's two outs. You're trying to just steal that one run. You got a tough matchup between the lefty Kevin Kiermaier against the lefty Clayton Kershaw, even though Kiermaier had taken Kershaw deep earlier in the series. And he goes for that. And and he was out by just an eyelash. Like the tag came down on his wrist, clearly maybe two inches before the plate. But it took Clayton Kershaw to be perfect to get that that uh, that out of the plate. It's so easy to balk in that moment. Margot went at the perfect moment, right as Kershaw lifted his arms up. And Kershaw said after the game that it was Max Muncie who pointed out that that was happening. And there was something that Max Muncie and Clayton Kershaw have talked about in the past. If they don't talk about that in the past, if Max Muncy's not looking for that, they're not as ready. Kershaw's not as perfect, and he either balks or makes a less than perfect throw, and Margot is safe in that moment. So that was one of the elite defensive plays in that game last night. Keaton, I apologize if you already said this in your room last night. And for anybody listening, I, I'm sure most of these people are aware, but join Keaton's baseball rooms. They're so insightful and just awesome. Um, on the Locker Room app, if you're listening to this on I, uh, Apple Podcasts, whatever, download Locker Room, listen to Keaton's Baseball Rooms. But was that something that Margot decided on his own volition, or was that like a call from the race? No, that was that was Margot. That was Margot making that decision. Uh, typically, if, if you're going to see that be made by the, the manager, um, you're going to see the runner from first go as well, and it's going to be a double steal situation, but that was Manuel Margot. Wow. That's crazy. What do you think was going through his manager's head when he see that when he when he saw that you let you think he was like nice move or do you think he was like holy shit this guy's trying to steal home? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I didn't I didn't hear what he said after the game about that, so I might have to go back and check. But I mean, you got to be like, oh man, I think he's gonna make it because he got <laughs> such a great jump. You're like, oh, he's gonna steal home. I mean, for me, like I'm watching that game, and as soon as he broke, like I literally, I'm not exaggerating here, I jumped off the couch and said. Oh my God, he's stealing home. (laughs) (laughs) 
I love it. All right. So let's pivot this back to our, our gambling discussion since that's the point of this room. But I was looking at odds both for game six and for the rest of the series right now, Keaton. And we have a little bit of a vested interest because we had a, a mid playoffs bet on the Rays to win the World Series. Okay. So we've been pulling them this whole this whole past couple of weeks with this run. But right now you can get the Rays series price at plus four twenty five, which feels huge to me because if they win game six you hedge that and you're winning both sides so you you, uh you broke up there right when you said what the line and the numbers were oh sorry so the the raise number is plus 425 to win the series which just it, it feels high to me because if they sneak out game six you hedge that and you win no matter who wins game seven yeah you can definitely definitely hit that um uh, Jason Schwartz, who's been a part of our MLB rooms, uh, had a great stat earlier today when we were doing our show um, that of the last 16 instances when the World Series was 2-2, uh, the team that won that game five, so to go up 3-2, has lost 50% of the time. So so it's, wow. it's still even after that. <laughs> That's like I, I love light that. bulb emojis clicking. In I literally just right hit now. submit bet as, 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 as you said that. That's all. I I already wanted to make the bet, but that just that just adds a little something to it. I love the the actual you know stats and backing on that. But I mean, like G said, I feel like if they went, I mean, game six, anything can happen in a game seven. Anyone knows that, and um, I mean, that just seems like this that four twenty five seems like a great value. Yeah, that's super high. I mean, would you have taken the Rays at 425 at the start of the World Series? Absolutely. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, how far would you have to be down to not take something like that, to be honest? Right, yeah. Um, give us a little Game 6 preview between the, the pitching matchup. The Rays have Snell on the hill. Um, the Rays are still slight underdogs in this game. They're plus 120. Dodgers are minus 140, but... That's a little lighter than some of the other single game money lines have been when Kershaw's been on the hill. Yeah, so uh, so tomorrow Blake Snell starting for the for the Rays. Tony Gonsolin, who was named Baseball America's uh, Rookie of the Year uh, today, he was named that um, is making the start for the for the Dodgers. Uh, so Blake Snell uh, has has had some great moments in this World Series. He's not going to go particularly deep. He went four and two thirds innings in his last start against the Dodgers in this World Series uh, without giving up a hit before he gave up a, a home run right after that. So expect him to go probably about five in this game, but he has had uh, some success in this World Series and some great success in the, the postseason as a whole. And then Kevin Cash is going to have a pretty loaded bullpen going into games six and seven here. He didn't pitch Pete Fairbanks or Nick Anderson in game five, so those guys have had Two days off now. Those are the two of their top uh, top relieving arms. And then Diego Castillo threw yesterday, but you know he's got a rubber arm, so he's going to be rested and ready to go. So if the if the Rays can get an early lead, they really only need about five innings from Blake Snell, and then they can turn it over to their ace bullpen arms, and they don't really have to worry about stretching them out too far because you know you only have one more game at max after that. Uh, on the other side, there's going to be a lot more intrigue on how that pitching staff plays out. Uh, Gonsolin's a guy who's only going to go a few innings. He's got elite stuff, but he's a rookie, so you don't totally know what you're going to get out of him. One thing you can be sure is that we are going to hear about how much he loves cats on the broadcast, so we're going to get that <laughs> part at least. But, uh, but no, I mean, he's got electric stuff, so we'll see. I mean, it, it's going to be a real feel thing for Dave Roberts, and you know, I'll be curious to see 
how he wants to reuse Dustin May here. I think that's going to be a major X factor over the next two days because Dustin May clearly figured something out yesterday, and I think he went an inning in two-thirds, something along those lines. So he didn't throw a ton, so we may see him come out of the bullpen again either today or uh, in Game 7. And then the other X factor is going to be Julio Urias. He be short rest but still coming out of the bullpen. I don't know if you'd want to rather save him uh, for maybe game seven uh, to kind of back up Walker Bueller. So, uh, yeah, a lot of intrigue in this uh, in this pitching matchup. The Rays are definitely going to be set up a little bit better because of some of the rest in their bullpen and what Blake Snell has been. And then Tony Gonsolin, I mean, we have no idea what we're going to get from him, but whatever it is, it's going to be interesting. Uh, just real quick, Keaton, you're a killer, man. Like, you, you are so good at this stuff. Baseball analysis, I, I just cannot give you enough praise right now. I got to get you in more of our rooms or vice versa because this is dope. Um, real quick, give us your prediction. It, it, give us a number of games and the winners. Dodgers in six, Dodgers in seven, Rays in seven. Yeah, do- Dodgers in seven. I think the Rays win tomorrow. I think, uh, I think we get another good start from Blake Snell. Uh, the offense for the Dodgers has been awesome. Uh, but I think they're, they're I think I've been I've been expecting at least one clunker of an offensive game for the Dodgers in this series. We haven't seen it yet, but yeah. you know it, it's just it's tough to be that on that many days in a row. Now, Corey Seager and Justin Turner have been incredible. Uh, I think Corey Seager's probably the uh, MVP of the series right now. It's, and if the, they win tomorrow, I think Corey Seager would be the the MVP of this World Series. But uh, you know, Mookie Betts has not been particularly great the last couple of games. Like he he exploded in that game one, was incredible and awesome. And he's had some like he's had some moments. You know, he had the double to start yesterday in the first inning. He had a nice play. I think it was in game four out in right field, kind of jumping up on a on a hard line drive. But I mean, he's mostly been held in check uh, the last couple of games. So I do think this Dodgers offense might have a clunker left in them, um, and it could very easily be tomorrow. But you know, they've got. They've got a lot of confidence, I think, against some of the, the big bullpen arms. They've already homered against Fairbanks and Anderson. They've gotten to De- uh, Diego Castillo. Like, they've gotten some of the, the bullpen ace arms. But I think ultimately the Rays win tomorrow, and I think Walker, Walker Bueller cements himself as the elite ace of the Dodgers, and, and we fully fee- see the passing of the torch in Game 7 of the Dodgers win and get the World Series. Do you think we get any Kershaw innings in Game 7? No. Love I it. don't think I don't think you can put them out there. I, it's just it's too risky. It's just too risky. Sure. Wow. I mean, I need a deep breath just to like process everything that was just said. But Keith, <laughs> thank you. That was dope. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. Happy to do it. Feel free to uh, you know let me know anytime you guys need some baseball chatter. And then uh, uh, Jill Garrett and I, who have been doing the, a lot of the shows, our other buddy Jason Schwartz, we're going to keep going after baseball's over. Um, you know, we'll. We're going to get a, a more general interest sports talk show going. So I'll reach out to you guys and uh, let you know when we start doing that stuff. Awesome. Thank you, my friend. All right. I'll jump off. I'll just, uh, I'll listen now. Thanks guys. Good to talk to you. I don't think I've ever been that locked in on baseball. I was literally being drawn in on every word right there, Keaton. That was, that was great. <laughs> I'm so pumped for game six now. Like, <laughs> <Me too. laughs> I'm locking the fucking cart. I'm like clearing my, I'm making sure I ain't got nothing to do at 808 tomorrow. I need to be there first pitch, lock the book in. I might, might overnight a Rays uh, Snell jersey too. It, it seems worth it. Those, and I mean, the throwback, we, I wish we would have gotten Keaton's opinions on this, but the throwback Rays gear with those socks, the gradient socks, what's the, I mean, do you like those, Cart? Do you hate those? 
Keaton said he needs to come back up and let it be known. Yeah, if, if, if you need some more opinion on those jerseys, I can do that. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> uh, no, they're te- okay. Those aren't throwbacks. Those were never. Those were never the uniforms. They're fake throwbacks. Right. And yeah, they're yeah, the yeah. Tampa Bay Rays now. Okay, they're not the Devil Rays, and yet they still put that Devil Ray on the hat. That logo last night is too big, and the the dark blue <laughs> with the oversized neon Devil Ray. Is, is a clash with the teal blue jerseys they have. I do like the socks and like the gradient socks, like the, those objectively like look cool, but no, like the, that combination we saw last night, like that's trash. You can get that out of here. Wow. I, I was actually going to give you the opposite take. I didn't mind any of the look, the hats, the big Ray logo, the color scheme, any of that, but the gradient socks pissed me off. That just looked too much like travel ball, middle school, fifth, sixth grade, like pizza house sponsorship to me. Oh, oh, those are terrible. <laughs> I see. I was 50-50 and you would like those, Cart. I thought you might love them. I don't know how to feel about the fact that you said I would love these. And I'm that sorry. has me kind of questioning myself what like indication I gave you that I would. This is something I'd pull up in. I don't know. They look kind of like European soccer clubish to me. Like you're a soccer kit connoisseur. I, yeah. Okay, I'll give it that. But uh, yeah, no. I thought you were gonna say something like I'm shaped like a double ray or something. That that was your <laughs> opportunity. That was your opportunity to, to get that out. But no, I'm it's all positivity this week, Cart. It's all positivity. All love. Wait, do they release in baseball like what jerseys are gonna be worn for the game like before it happens? Not usually, um, you know, I mean, for, for some teams, I mean, you can just make the guess like Dodgers are just going to wear their home whites, uh, you know, for game six and the, if necessary game seven. Um, but no, it's usually, it's usually the starting pitcher who gets to make the decision. Okay. Drip is drip. Drip is big. Drip. Drip comes in the factor. Look good. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Feel good. Play good. It's all about. Uh, let's see here, G. Do we, I'm trying to think what other sports did we want to touch on. Um, All right, I'm jumping off, but if you guys want more baseball talk, we're out at 4.30 tomorrow, Pacific time, 30 minutes before first pitch. So you can join us I'm, there. Oh, I'll be I'm there. there sure. I'm, I'm there, Keaton. I'm there. Thank later, you. Y'all. Peace. Appreciate you, Keaton. Yo, we got Trav in the room from Siege, by the way, Cart. We should get oh. him up here if possible. I got to, of course, got to get Trav up in here. Also, make sure you guys follow Siege on Twitter. They have uh, been back on their college football grind, their specialty, as they told us a couple money money Mondays ago back. So make sure you guys follow them on Twitter and win some money. Trav, what's going on? Hey, guys. How's it going? Sorry I'm a bit bit late, but good to be here. Hey, all good. Well, with 10 minutes, why don't we – let's just throw it to Trav to come in hot. Trav slash Dev. Like I think we covered most of what you and I wanted to cart. Yeah. Oh yeah. I got everything. I got everything off my chest. I'm gonna touch on uh, probably soccer to end it, but definitely want to uh, get a floor to Trav because I know he's got. I know he's got some for us. Whoa! Pause real quick. Pause real quick from Matt in the comments. Important piece of uh, information to note: Siege does not have their Twitter connected to their locker room profile. Trav Dev, y'all got to link that so people can hit you with a follow. Oh, yeah, we'll get on that right away. (laughs) Uh, Well, Howard, CEO, maybe he can give you tips as he's listening on how to do that. But go to your profile, and then there's some sort of quick step to follow to link it. But, yeah, do it. 
All right. We'll do. Thanks. Matt, Matt with the Matt with the assistance in the discussion. Can always count on him for that. <laughs> First one, but, uh, Trav. Oh, I just got to say real quick. I, I want to apologize for the uh, Arkansas State over twenty six and a half points that we gave out. One of our favorite bets of the of the year so far, and they just laid an absolute egg. Worst coaching I've ever seen next to South Alabama's coach. I was I was literally just gonna say that. I I think like those are the two ones with the, that that I was like backing with you guys. I was like the, like the coaching and like the play call, and it was like the Arkansas state game, like I've never watched them before up until this point. So I'm watching, I was like, what, the f- what are these like play calls? I thought like Arkansas was like going to run and gun and shit. And it was just terrible. It was pathetic. I don't know what, what these co- like Blake Anderson's a pretty good coach. Usually. I don't know if it's the prime time on ESPN or something. They try to do too much, but I witnessed them run a double reverse on the one yard line on first and goal or second and goal, whatever it was. That's inexcusable. And they lost like 10 years. I mean, you can't do that kind of stuff. They got too fancy, too cute, and it was just horrendous. They moved the ball, but just pathetic. So I want to apologize for that. That was just pathetic. But uh, I'll turn it over to Trav. I know he has at least hey. one lock that, that he loves. But go ahead, Trev. Thanks, Deb. So first thing I, I want to say is I cannot believe the disrespect the gambling world is giving Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. Let's go. They, ha- they Let's have go. covered Talk about it. every game thus far this year, I think, maybe except for maybe one week two, if I'm remembering correctly. But they are good. They have a quarterback, uh, Greg McCall, or Greg McHale, and he just slings it, and their defense is very underrated. They opened up this week at minus three favorites against Georgia State, who uh, they, they just beat Troy this weekend. Um, but, I mean, three-point favorite. The, McCall didn't end up playing. He, he got hurt. Um, so I wonder if that line has something to do with that. I haven't been able to find much on about if he's going to play this week or not. But if he is, I'm definitely looking to play that minus three line. Um, they're ranked 20th in the nation now, finally getting some nationwide credit. Um, but they're still not getting the, the credit that they deserve. I don't think, especially when McCall is under center. So, uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that and we'll definitely tweet out what we find out. Um, and then, so just keep an eye on that movement there. Um, the, the other play I'm looking to make this week is a Kansas State team that has very much improved. Uh, they came in, and, and I think this line is just way off. They're three-and-a-half-point underdogs at West Virginia. And I don't know if you've watched West Virginia play this year, but talk about just very unhistoric uh, team in West Virginia. They, they still play fast, but they're just – they just don't have the playmakers that they're used to having, and the coaching is not there. Um, granted, West Virginia is at home, but I was looking at some numbers today, and Kansas State, out of teams who have played more than one game, so of course not including um, Big Ten, who just started up, as well as um, one of the other conferences, and teams that have played more than one game this week or this year, Kansas State ranks last in plays per game. Uh, and they are a plus 11 and a half average um, margin of victory this year. So clearly that's their game plan this year, which is different of Kansas State teams in the past and really any Big 12 team, right? So 
they're dominating the ball. They're dominating time of possession. And I think they're going to come in to uh, West Virginia and look to really slow the game down, make them play their game, which they've done all year and they've done very well. So I, I think uh, odds makers have this line wrong, having West Virginia favored. But so I will look to capitalize on taking any points I can get uh, with Kansas State this week. Love that. And we also would be remiss if we didn't shout out the Coastal Carolina love that that comes from this room. Shout out Cole uh, Schaefer, Coastal Carolina legend. But uh, yeah, hey, like we've been uh, me and G definitely been betting on Coastal Carolina this year and them boys have been looking good. So I'm all for that for that bet. That line definitely seems off a bit. And um, no, I I haven't actually watched that any Kansas State this year, but I mean, I did watch one West Virginia game and everything you said was right on cue with that. So I like that as well. Uh, Gee, has anything that we talked about or do you want to change your mind on this Michigan State minus 25? Because I would love to bet against you for a little Money Monday wager. So let's let's do a little friendly Money Monday wager on the Michigan-Michigan State game. Um, But actually, uh, off of just what Trav just laid out, I I actually want to give out a different college football slash NFL uh, parlay for my best bet of the week. Can I go right into it, Carter, or are we saving best bets? You can go right into it, but I'm a little scared that coming off the sabbatical, you want to start off with a best bet parlay. That is not something that is part of your bag, I would say. It's rare. You know it's rare because when it comes to uh, best bets, we try to give out things that we would only consider that forbidden L word. Um, but I, I'm taking the analysis Siege just gave me, and I'm taking some gut feels. And I've got a three-team parlay that is going to bring the hashtag value for the people here. Um, first of all, it's going to be built around Coastal Carolina, the chance, at minus 150 money line. I'm sold. Everything Trav just said. We've been riding them all year. They're hot. The books don't get it. They're a good team. I'm going to juice up that money line from minus 150 up to a play that actually becomes two to one value by throwing a couple of NFL single game money line plays on top of it. I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills at home against the New England Patriots who are dead. The Patriots are done. That's my belief. They're a bad team. Their soul has been taken from them by the San Francisco 49ers this week. Cam Newton benched. The Buffalo Bills are a good football team that slept walk through their game against the New York Jets this week. They're going to bounce back, and they're going to win that game very easily, in my opinion. And then the third game that should be a no-brainer, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the road against the New York Giants. The Bucs seem like one of the best high-powered offenses in football. The Giants are just bad at football. You throw those two games, money line, on top of Coastal Carolina, you get a two-to-one payout. That's my best bet of the week. I like that a lot. Right now, I, I, I just got the, the red dot around my thing. Can I still be heard right now? I can hear you. Okay. Though I did talk shit about your, you know, going with your best bet parlay, I do like that. Yeah, I mean, if you want to, like, be super safe and just pull Coastal out of it, I think that could be the move. But, like, why not? Two to one is great value for that. I don't see either one of those NFL plays losing. You know, you're not worried about Jared Stidham coming in for the Patriots? No. <laughs> also, uh, 
this doesn't have to do with betting, but I also want to say, Jeff Garcia, fuck you. <laughs> I'm serious, man. I've never seen a 500 quarterback talk down on a former MVP and address the way he's playing by addressing his clothes. Like, come on, man. That was yeah. weak. That's weak analysis. Like, Cam was shitty. I get that. It was absolutely terrible by him. But, like, just no, like, like stop. You're Jeff Garcia. Right. That shit yeah. Totally, Sorry. totally unnecessary comment. Totally agree. But uh, I don't want to – I want to talk about this uh, college football kind of inner bet we had before I get to my best bet because my best bet is going to be in soccer. Okay. Okay, I am willing to take Michigan State at the plus 25. Are you willing to take Michigan minus 25? I'll take Michigan minus any number that you give me, but I'm surprised with your confidence level with your team going into a rivalry game. You're telling me you need 25. Hey, the book says what it says, all right? I'm sorry. I can't. Well, you don't, you don't want to juice that down a little bit and throw some incentives on top of it? You you got to throw some hell of incentives on there. I mean, what would what would it take for me to get Michigan minus thirteen from you? Oh hell no! You could, <laughs> no <laughs> no nothing. I don't. Care. Okay, minus minus twenty. What's it take for minus twenty? Full minus score game. That's twenty's a lot. Twenty's at minus number. twenty. I want to be able to re- rebrand your Twitter and Instagram. Deal. <laughs> okay, bet. And if Same. I if it's not twenty, I get just your Twitter. Yeah, I'll give you my Twitter for two weeks. Okay, two two week bet my Twitter and Instagram versus your Twitter, Michigan minus twenty. Yes, sir. It's still YNW Melly Tuck season this way. Fuck y'all. <laughs> All right, deal. I'm in. Just gotta let him be known. Okay, uh, don't want to switch the switch sports like this, but my best bet is actually going to be in soccer this week. Um, I have been on a self proclaimed uh, soccer mini heater. Lately, I've been getting most of my soccer bets right, and I'm going to keep trying to keep that uh, that uh, progress up this week. And I'll be going to the Champions League game. This championship, this Champions League game is Manchester United versus RB Leipzig out of the German Bundesliga. Um, for starters, I love this Leipzig team. They got a bunch of young players. Um, they got talent. I love their coach, Nagelsmann. They always play well in Champions League. Um, they always have talent. Um, they unfortunately lost their star player to Greg's team this year and Timo Werner, but have seemed to be able to play more collectively as a team to score goals. And I think that's really helped them. And they kind of been seamlessly be able to kind of keep up the same high level of play and have been a factor in the Bundesliga this year. Um, so I really like the way this team is playing and they're going up against Manchester United, who is coming off a huge win against PSG as huge underdogs in the Champions League two to one. Now, I think that because they coming off that's when there are people that are kind of forgetting what Manchester United was doing before they lost that. I mean, before they won that game, they got embarrassed at Tottenham. They get six goals in that game. And it was absolutely embarrassing. They weren't playing up to their level before that. I think that game was kind of just a blip and they caught PSG um, on a bad day. Um, And I think PSG could have very well won that game. So my bet of the week this week will be taking, we have Leipzig at plus 201 and that's value as well. I think that this game is going to be 
kind of a back and forth. I could see it being very low scoring. There also might be some value on the under at plus uh, 108 for two and a half goals. But my best bet of the week, I'm going with Leipzig at 201. Value and bet of the week. No, And here we go, Saul, with this goddamn Manchester United bullshit. I'm not trying to hear it. The Heat aren't playing anymore. Car, when you say mini heater, like what type of mini heater are we talking about? Because I've been out the game for a week. Mini, if mini heater to me is during the week last week, betting soccer, at a point I was up like $600 just on soccer alone. And, okay. and Manchester United did help me out with that because they upset PSG. But I'm not riding them again. So let me ask you this. I don't, I don't believe from text with you you ended up that $600. Did you lose it on soccer? Did you lose it on other sports? No, I lost it on other sports. I lost it on NFL. Okay, so you're definitely still on a mini heater, and I'm riding you all week. All right. Yes, sir. It's a lot, lot more Champions League going on this week, too, but that is the – uh, bet of the week. Also, speaking on Champions League, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about this Barca-Juventus game that's coming up. All I'm going to say for that one is watch the lineups. Um, I don't think that Ronaldo is going to be able to play in this game. Uh, he's got He tested positive for the coronavirus, and the reports are that uh, he tested positive again this past weekend, so I don't see any shape or form unless they bend the rules that he plays. Um, and I think that they could be missing Weston McKinney, the young American as well. And, you know, without Ronaldo, that team is, I think, a little bit mid, um, especially in their midfield, no pun intended. So I like you can get Barcelona in that game, uh, which is also, you know, pretty good value for when you're betting Barcelona at plus 155. But I would watch the lineups on that game. But I like the Barcelona value, especially – uh, if you want to go ahead and bet it now, I think that it, it could possibly go down once, you know, they officially announce the lineups for those games. It, oh, Andrew said McKinney's available, but I don't even – he might not even start in that game. But if Ronaldo's going to be out, then give me Barca in that game. And that wraps up my small soccer portion. Saul, so if you are still in here – I. I would love to hear some USC talk as well. I don't know if you got anything for us with that ugly profile picture you got as well. And of course, I call on Saul and he doesn't answer back. Oh, there he is. Saul, what's good? Slander, bro. Why are you calling Giannis ugly? (laughs) I ain't saying Giannis is ugly. I'm saying that's an ugly choice of profile picture. That's not going to happen. Yo, that definitely happened. That's the new big three, Giannis, Bam, and Jimmy. Let's go. <laughs> oh, bro, that's a, I got to tell you, bro, that's a howler, bro. Been on RB Leipzig. That's that's a howler, bro. Uh, it's, this is recorded. That's all right. I'm, I, I, can't wait to, I, I, can't, I can't I can't wait to clip that shit. Yo, like low-key, one little sneaky bet I've been thinking about putting in. And tell me what you think, too. But um, Donnie Vanderbeek has played 60 minutes since, you know, in the league since he got to United. And I just think – He's due for a big breakout performance. I think he might get the start here against Leipzig with the Arsenal match at the weekend. So I, I think there's a decent chance that he at least uh, at least plays, but potentially scores a goal too, which I think could be some value in a bet there. Definitely could be odds on that one. Uh, the only thing is, though, this Leipzig defense they got they got some real good pieces. Uh, no facts. I really like. I really Upa like. Upamecano. That man huh? is crazy. 
Upa Mikano, that guy bro, is that, crazy. Bro, he's crazy. Football manager legend, bro. <laughs> bro definitely a football manager legend, but he's, bro, he's crazy back there. Like, this is going to be a low-scoring game, I think. But no, also, I agree. Also, also, Van de Beek always seems to find it. Even if he doesn't get, like, a clear scoring chance, he always seems just to be in that spot where the ball could bounce him and he could put one in. So, I mean, you definitely could get crazy value in that, too, as well. So, wouldn't now, be mad at that. But also, that Howler talk, man, we'll, re- <laughs> we'll, re- we'll, we'll be revisiting that. Hey, hey, definitely. we got to revisit it. But, um... How, what do you think about your city boys and champions before we move on to the UFC stuff? Bruh, man. Them bo- I'm so sick of them. I'm so I'm completely sick of them dudes. Also, Aguero just got ruled out for some months again. Jesus still mm-hmm. isn't back. We are extremely undermanned. And Guardiola has been throwing up managerial howlers, uh, just to stay on that turn. And we have been in bad form. Um, I think we win against Marse- or Marseille. Uh, but I mean, who really knows? There probably is some value in Marseille, honestly, at like plus six fifty. That's how I mean. City's been off lately, off as hell. For sure, for sure. So, yeah, I don't really see. I don't, I, I I love their form to change, but I don't. It, I don't really see it to be honest. <laughs> Not with what we got. <laughs> but, but yeah, I want to give a big shout out to the to the homie Kevin here on the uh, locker room, man. He hosts the. Legend. UFC preview show and man he fucking he made me some damn money on Saturday boy I'll tell you what we was uh we was on the under we was on Khabib it was just yeah it was a good night all around so well I guess day it's very weird having a pay-per-view start at 2 p.m that was a little was awkward weird. but yeah you know it, it, it's crazy seeing Khabib leave you know he's he's uh he's someone that has been so dominant he's never even <laughs> bled or been knocked down in the ring let alone knocked out or anything like that it's crazy how dominant he's been. So it's kind of sad to see him go. Uh, it does make that division a lot more exciting. Exciting, but um, but as far as action this weekend goes, I mean, there's there's a card. Um, it's an ESPN card. It's from Fight Island. I think it's I think it's got some decent action on it. The main event is uh, Uriah Hall versus Anderson Silva. So two fossils fighting each other. Um, uh, and, and I do I like uh, Uriah Hall as the middleweight. He's the favorite there, minus two twenty. So not a ton of value on that fight, but uh. I think that's a pretty easy win there for him. I just think Spider's done. You know, I think he's he's been in the game for a little bit too long, and we've all seen him at his best and at his worst. So, yeah, I think at this point it's pretty much a wrap for him. I uh, really like Kevin Kevin Hovland, Kevin Holland on the card too. Um, he's fighting a guy I don't know a ton about, so I'm a little nervous about it. He's only a minus one sixty eight favorite, Mahmoud Muradov. But yeah, Holland is an absolute stud. He's been. Uh, in great form. I think he's won like three of his last five or something like that. He's been killing it. And then uh, an exciting name for everyone to hear, Greg Hardy is going to be fighting. He's fighting Maurice Green. Um, he's the minus 300 favorite. Um, after his last time out, he got embarrassed. Um, I think this is a good bounce back win for him. Um, again, not great value on the money line, minus 300, but I think it's a pretty easy win for Greg Hardy. Maybe throw that in a parlay with one or two other fights. Get some really good value there. Um, but that's about it for the card for now. But yeah, it should be a fun card. And then um, yeah, we got uh, we got some good fights coming up towards the end of the year too. We got Conor McGregor in the mix. A um, couple other big fights coming up, so I'm excited, man, for sure. Bet I'm gonna be tuning in. Also, saw a little disappointed that we're ba- that we're backing Greg Hardy. <laughs> Listen, it doesn't feel good, but uh, you know, uh, we're we're backing a not only a former cowboy but a domestic violence 
I mean, monster. I mean, can we? It's a lot of problems. It's a lot of problems. It's a lot of issues that I just don't know if I can look past. But you know what? I mean, at the end of the day, the money's the money. I mean, you 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 back your uh your your rich uh your rich owners of Man City who are certainly not um upstanding citizens. So sometimes we got to look past it for the money. And that's that's a great chance to segue, Greg. Hey, folks, this is this is Money Monday. Presented by Locker Room, presented by Siege Sports, not Domestic Violence Monday, presented by Locker Room, presented by wow. Siege Sports. So let's let's wrap that right there. I do not endorse the Greg Hardy pick, but Saul, um, thank you for your time. <laughs> hey, you know, I mean, it is what it is. Just put it in the parlor, you know, it'll make you some money. <laughs> hey, and that's the motto. Um, all right, so let's let's wrap this shortly. I do want to make sure we throw it to Dev and Trav. Give us uh, any final words slash Dev. I don't know if we got your best bet for the week. Uh, yeah, my best bet um, is going to be the Ohio State-Penn State under 64-and-a-half. Uh, I don't think Ohio State's running backs are very good. Call me crazy, but um, – Penn State's defense is actually pretty good. Um, I think it's somewhere around like 31-24. Should keep us under the total there. And then my brother, uh, who was also part of Siege, he's he gave out Nevada minus 14 as his lock. Uh, they play UNLV, who is terrible. But uh, neither team has played a game, so um, no stats to back that up for us. But that's his lock. Love it. I, I love I love the lock with no stats to back it up. I'm on that. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's it's uh, it. the keys under the mat, but it's it's a lock as of now. <laughs> uh, Dev, how are we going to get your brother Jay Hat in here, man? Yeah, I asked him to come on, but he said he, he was busy tonight doing something with, uh, with the fiance. But uh, we'll we'll get him on. Yeah, we need the full the full siege ensemble at some point. He he's the uh he's the parlay king. He keeps giving out parlay. He's hit like three six game parlays, made like three thousand dollars in the last three weeks. So we definitely oh, gotta yeah, get him on. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, he's gotta be in here. The people yeah. need it. The people need it. Um Trav, was was one of your best bets already listed in your football plays or you got one more for us? Yeah, uh, Kansas State. Kansas State. All right. Um, well, with that, folks, that was another Money Monday. Should we quick run through our best bets one more time? Trav had Kansas State. Dev had uh, – he gave the Ohio State-Penn State under. I gave out my three-team parlay with uh, – now I need to remember who the teams were – with the Buffalo Bills, Coastal Carolina, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and with Coastal Carolina. And Carr gave out some soccer play that we feel good about. What the fuck? Show some respect. <laughs> you get is it Leipzig? Leipzig. It's it, it's it's Leipzig. Pay it's homage, Leipzig. and it's plus two ten. So get you some value and a win. And Saul gave out Greg Hardy and his fists. <laughs> Yo, that's not my official best bet. I just want you to know. <laughs> it's okay, Saul. It's all right, man. What's the best bet, Saul? Uh, actually, yeah, I'll throw you a soccer one while we're here. Um, from uh from uh champions league give me uh latio over cup bruce i just think they're more physical faster cheer and mobley's in great form 
and they're like it's uh really close. I just lost the odds. I think it's like plus one fifty or something like that for Lazio. Yeah, for Lazio. Damn, that's great value. What's plus one thirty eight. Plus one thirty eight. That's still that's still really good. Yeah, that's a banger right there. What's the total goals on that game? Sorry, I'm gonna keep going, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> let me look. Let me look. Uh, looks like. Uh, Don't tell see. me it's two and a half. Don't tell me it's two and a half. It's always two and a half. Yeah, it's two and a half. <laughs> Man. Always. Card hates the number. That's like my football numbers. That's dude, soccer numbers. Dude, two and a half in a Lazio game. Man, it could be 3-0 Lazio. I'd like that too. But Saul so, Bruges is going to score too, so I might take that over. Yeah, me too. Saul, so, I endorse the pick, man. Me and you are one on that one. We're all one over here, folks. We're a family. Um, all right, Sometimes. Speak, now, speak now or forever hold your peace. Anybody on the panel, anything else before we wrap this? Take the heat to win the title next year. That's a good bet. Uh, we've got 12 months to talk about that, so <laughs> it, Well, really, maybe only two months if they start the season on Christmas. Which True. would be great, by the way. But, yeah, it, would end, but it would end badly. But, uh, sure. hey, thanks, thanks, everybody, for joining. As always, I appreciate it. And uh, can't wait to talk about all our winnings next time. It's going to be great. Make sure you follow my Siege guys on Twitter once they link it. Saul, congrats to you. Steelers undefeated. Greg, love you, buddy. Great to have you back. And I think we'll end it on that. Yes, sir. And we will post this as a podcast. We're going to do Money Mondays as recorded podcasts now going forward. So you can find us uh, at Sleepers Media or the Sleepers Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Otherwise, follow Siege on Twitter. And uh, we'll see you all next Monday. Shit, my takes are recorded. All right, peace. Peace.